Roger. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing today? I'm tired. Also me. How about that? We're going to be very tired today. It's kind of a, it's kind of going to be that kind of thing. And hopefully I'll be able to lean into my ability to like become hyper because I'm tired. It's, it's weird. I'm, I'll explain it later. Hi, I'm Jer. I'm a, I'm a full-time software engineer that's been drawing comics since he was seven. And I'm Kyle. I am a full-time artist uh, and writer and person who makes all sorts of things. Like comics and podcasts. And other stuff. And other stuff. Uh, and this is How to Draw Without Dying. We're going to talk about how to draw and not die while you do so. This is about, like, you know, um, making art and enjoying art and fitting both of those things into a busy life because it's hard. And especially what we want this to be about is, is or be, who we want this to be for is folks that want to make art or want to discover indie art. Yeah. Or just people who like hearing us talk for some reason. It could be for them, too. I, and you know what? I, I enjoy a good shit chat podcast, honestly. <laughs> and that's actually, there's one of two things that I think this show can be. And I, I feel like we're still pretty early in it. And we're, we're figuring it all out. And there's, there's two kinds of chit chat podcasts out there. One is sort of the This American Life Radio Lab sort of style, where they record the conversation and then edit it to be really crisp and snappy and 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 really like polish it into into a show and then there's you know my my junk food uh, castle super beast which is we're just going to turn the camera we're just going to turn the microphone on and talk and there's a little bit of format to it but we're going to keep all the ums and uhs and and clicky clacky keyboard stuff in it you know i so i i know you say that but to my knowledge even they have an editor that that goes through and clears out some of the stuff there's usually a lot that goes on behind the scenes with podcasts like these. Kinda. So I would not advise us to be more like Castle Super Beast. That is a show that is absolutely like we've had we had a whole conversation about junk food media and Castle Super Beast and, and previously Super Best Friends. That is absolutely my junk food. And usually when when people ask me, what's oh, what's your favorite podcast? I'll say, oh, it's Castle Super Beast, but don't listen to it. Is, is not for everyone. And if everyone says, what's your first recommended podcast, it's going to be uh, LeVar Burton Reads. Mm -hmm. So I love both and am not yet sure what we are or what, or what, what we would be best being. So, and, and I've really generally just left that up to you and now also Fable, who helps us. Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, I, I've listened to just a little bit of Castle Super Beast and I, I, I do think they have... They, they do edit actually a bit out. Otherwise, it simply would be unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen to them live and it's it's not that unlistenable. And and mainly, I think like the reason why I can enjoy them is because I know them and I know like their style of, of conversation and whatnot. So but where am I going with this? I'm not really going anywhere with this. We were just at a uh, this reason why we're we're streaming this on uh, Saturday instead of Thursday is that we were at an event. Yeah. Um. Man, it sure would be nice if I could remember exactly what it was called. Uh, but there's a, well, uh, PAX is going on right now. And as uh, connected to it, a, I believe it was called the uh, Seattle Online Broadcasters Association, I think is what it was called. It was hosting a little meetup connected to it. We decided to uh, hit that. And it was kind of cool. It was a lot cool. Yeah, met, met some people. I, I feel like you might have more to say about it than I did. I, I, I connected on an individual basis. Uh, some some Twitch bigwigs were there who I, frankly, I, I, I didn't pay attention to a word they said. Um. Oh, I did. I have some thoughts on that. 
So what we got planned today is this is a little bit we're we're a little bit off kilter, a little bit catawampus, uh, you might say. So we don't really have a main uh, art topic to talk about. So we're going to have a little bit of fun and talk about our, our, our first topic is going to be something that that both Kyle and I independently had conversations with friends about. <laughs> and then when, then we sent, we uh, we hung out and synced up on it. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, I was talking to, to to Kimmy and Jeff about this. And you were like, oh, I was talking to, to Loopy about this. And I don't remember who all you were. Uh, I think Loopy and Fable? Uh, Codigan and Fable, mostly. Codigan and Fable, yeah, got it. Um, it's, uh, there is a specific genre, particularly associated with anime. That is called an isekai. And uh, in, a, in a nutshell, sort of like the the very basic description of what isekai means is a the main character gets pulled into another world and as simple as that sounds we have been having a blast talking to uh, each other and each other's friend groups of which there is much overlap about what what else counts what counts as an isekai see my my true mission with it is to identify the earliest isekai mm. the the first the primordial isekai, if you will. Shall we Shall we begin? Are we doing this for official? I, I think so. Okay. What is the earliest isekai that you would like to mention? Uh, I think a good place to start is Alice in Wonderland. It is a definite early isekai. Like, it, they're not, not at a time span thing, but it, it, it's definitely an isekai, and it's way before most of what people think of when they think of isekai so it's a good starting point i remember on tuesday there was some pushback about alice in wonderland i don't remember what it was but i do classify uh, alice in wonderland because alice falls down the rabbit hole and the rabbit hole is another world and then she goes on an adventure in that world and has to deal with things she doesn't go there on purpose and there's not an obvious way back in the beginning now that is that is definitely one of the aspects of this. What 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 would you say is sort of like the anime era? What what are some of the early anime era isekais? Uh, Inuyasha is one I go to a lot. Um, it's it's definitely before the like existence of isekai as a genre, but it's also definitely one. Um, Kagome gets sucked into another world that yes is like feudal Japan, but it's magic and shit and completely different than any like. Thing she knew uh might as well be a fantasy world inuyasha kagome inuyasha kagome you know you joke but honestly it's a solid series yeah i just remember the ads from like adult swim <laughs> so yeah i definitely think inuyasha fits as a, a definite anime one you know more about anime than i do which where did it where, when did things start being called isekai because when i think of like the word isekai, the first stuff that comes to mind is a uh, person goes to video game world. Mm -hmm. Sword Art Online is sort of, it, it might not have been the the first one that started the trend, but su around the time Sword Art Online got popular is when that started being just a thing that was everywhere. So uh, around then, looking up when that first started getting animated. It's all um, Shiny Zubats, I think, suggested The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I, I I would definitely uh, put that as an isekai as well. And ooh, I have I have pushback on that one. Ooh. So when uh, oh I know I know my first isekai. My first isekai was Escaflone. 
girl is high school girl uh loves tarot and accidentally tarots herself into fantasy dragon mecca's world and suddenly her her tarot cards have actual power nice and and she can and like doing a reading is like actually a huge deal and it it like will put somebody like in it'll have an effect on their narrative and she kind of accidentally into that world mm-hmm. now and and like so my early introduction to the to the genre was okay it is you know a very anime very other world but you are still wearing your school uniform you are still a person from the real world that went to the other world and you hinted on something that we we boiled down on tuesday which was you can't go home is an important part of it mm-hmm. and uh shiny zebrats brings up is harry potter and isekai it's not because harry can does know he will go home Easily. He also goes to the magical world intentionally, which I think is another disqualifying factor. You you have to be sent there. You can't go there voluntarily. Another thing we looked at was what counts as another world. Mm-hmm. Because in a hero's journey, a character will cross a threshold. Now, that can mean going to another world, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. The threshold in a hero's journey refers to not so much going to another place, but a a moment in the character's journey where by crossing this line, they will be changed. They will be a different person from here on out after, after they cross over this threshold. Now that is a specific thing to hero's journeys, but uh, it really does map to the isekai because you are crossing over a threshold you're going to another world oh just responding to uh shiny zubats uh specifically about iron inuyasha because we haven't gotten to lion witch and wardrobe yet shiny zubat says then wouldn't inuyasha uh count uh not count because they can choose when to go eventually they can but in the beginning uh kagome is just stuck there she can't go back just by jumping in the well again um and it takes a lot of adventuring before she figures out how to. That's a question. Um, in the beginning of an isekai, they can't go home. Once they can go home, is does it continue to be an isekai? I would say so. Because, like, it's not like a mystery novel, still a mystery novel once the mystery's been solved. It's just a different aspect of it. And this this gets into into the issue of of oh the the series is is running on so long that it's not even what it was at the start. The thing that got us going, and I'd like to actually you to answer the same thing uh, about like what what was the spark of the conversations that you had. For me, the seed was last week when we did Kickstarters. We did the uh, Gal- Galaxy Airs. It was a it was a uh, Kickstarter that's still going on. You should go check that out. It's about a kid from Earth who grew up on Earth, and as far as he knows, he's a regular human kid from the city. Uh, and then aliens show up and say, hey, you, you're, you're space important. You want to go to space. And you asked, is that an isekai? And I actually pushed back. I said no, because my answer at the time was because it's not another world. He's just going to space. And then that led to the, 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 the instigating question I asked on Tuesday, which was, is the Matrix an isekai? So how did you get on the topic? Oh, it's something that comes up off and on. I, I mean, I've been uh, 
chewing through the the new season of Overlord, which is an isekai, which has got me thinking about isekais again. So that's part of it. It's honestly like a question like what is an isekai is sort of a thing that just happens in my brain independent of conscious thought. Like it's just a constant subroutine of I wonder what's the earliest isekai because I've had that Alice, uh, that Alice in Wonderland thing. I had that Alice in Wonderland thing for uh, a while. So is the Matrix an isekai? We talked about this. It's definitely a gray area. I love the term. Well, you, you, you and I have talked about it, but not on the podcast. I love the term that came up, which is reverse isekai. Yeah, it's definitely um, he is pulled out of the fantasy world into the real world involuntarily, which definitely puts it in a bit of a gray area. I mean, like, it's certainly it's certainly isekai inspired, right? Like uh, the the uh, creators of it were famously uh, anime inspired. The Wachowski siblings. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm more and more leaning towards no, um, because the fantasy thing does not happen in like the, the fantasy thing the fantasy thing happens essentially into the world in which the character was born. <sighs> See, that's why I like it. <laughs> we came up with uh, a sort of summary, which is that so I, I love mirroring this mirroring this to the hero's journey because the hero's journey has the crossing of a threshold and it also has the call to adventure one of the things that i think makes an isekai is that the crossing the threshold happens beyond your control you can't get back it is definitely to another world and it happens before the call to adventure Mm -hmm. so the call to adventure in an isekai has to happen after you get pulled to that other world and could be that you um it could be that you are just trying to get home that is one of the things but it's not required but once you get there and you realize you've been isekai'd you find a purpose you find a thing to do over there Alice in Wonderland she's bored she sees the rabbit and is like what the fuck is that follows it um hits the hits the the rabbit hole falls in is isekai like there's no call to adventure they're simply oh sh- oh weird shit's happening what's that weird shit oh i fell into a hole and i'm in another world mm-hmm. shiny zubats points out quote if i take one more step i'll be the farthest from home i've ever been i love that you said that sam and frodo have two different uh, heroes' journeys going on. Frodo gets the ring. And so, no, I don't think Lord of the Rings is a, uh, is a isekai because they just travel the world that they live in. Yeah. After they left the Shire, after they went to Rivendell, they could have turned around and had, headed straight back to the Shire. Not, not the case in the isekai. One of my favorite isekai, um, I, I do also think it really fits the... It's it's a good like case study to look at because I think some people describe it as a deconstruction of isekai. I think it's just a very deliberate attempt to tell a good isekai, uh, and that is ReZero. Tell me about ReZero. I've never heard of that. So if I were to describe it as the core gimmick, it's an isekai where the uh, main character has essentially Dark Souls powers of 
if he dies, he's just going to come back and be able to uh, tackle the uh, the problem again. Time resets just a little bit, essentially to a checkpoint, which tends to lead to him dying all sorts of awful ways. But yeah, he he isekais in the standard isekai way, gets gets has has a nice encounter with Truck Coon, and uh, wakes up in a, a magical other world. Uh, and yeah, oh, uh, you have mentioned this to me. I remember Ch- Truck Coon. Oh, Truck Coon is a is a common character amongst the isekai genre in general. You might need to explain that to old man. <laughs> but uh uh many isekai start by the main character dying by getting hit by a truck interesting it's uh i don't think it's a necessity for an isekai i do think it's like a if something's missing a couple points but truck coon is involved i think uh I, it, bu- it bumps the score up a little bit yeah but yeah he, he gets he gets hit by truck coon um wakes up in, in a magical other world and just sort of derps around a bit thinking about how cool it is until he gets his call to adventure which is he meets a girl he likes so the matrix i think the matrix is an isekai clearly like the the alice in wonderland messages are all there so what's the threshold the obvious answer is when he takes the red pill or the blue pill and that's also the call to adventure so he has the decision to make, do you want to keep going? You, you've seen some dank shit. And, and where we're going next is more dank shit. And once you cross this threshold, you will be changed. And that is a choice. He chooses to take the pill. And, and if you've ever read any of the Matrix comics, they follow the story of a person who chose not to take the pill and were forever cut off from it. And it's like they know what they know, they've seen what they've seen, but they, they cowered it out. And would never join the movement. Uh, and it was just a quick short story of like, yeah, that happens sometimes. So that would disqualify the Matrix. Because some dank shit happened to Neo. And he's like, well, that was weird. But he hadn't been changed yet. And he wasn't changed until he took the pill. And I am content leaving it there. And saying the Matrix is not an isekai. But the fact that it's a reverse isekai is kind of what makes it like weird. What I mean when I say reverse isekai and some, I think someone in chat on Tuesday popped this one out was that, um, the magical other world is where he is already. He was born isekai. He was isekai into the, the magical other world from birth. And it is the magical other world because it is where he can do magic. And he couldn't do magic until like he got re- pulled back to the real world and then back into the magic world. And then, oh shit, now you can do magic, yo. I think the Matrix is not an isekai, but I think it is definitely the best example of a reverse isekai yeah i would definitely say if nothing else the matrix belongs in this kind of conversation yes <laughs> i've got my yeah i already had my closing statement which is that for, for me an isekai is is when a character has to cross the cross a threshold crossing the threshold is definitely a different world they can't get home and the call to adventure will happen after they get there that's that is that is my test for a an isekai and and as of as of now as of right now i'm saying matrix is is not an isekai but it is an a reverse isekai 
Closing thoughts? I mean, I agree with most of those points. Uh, still trying to figure out what an earlier isekai is to uh, Alice's, uh, Alice in Wonderland. The, all right, yeah, that was a conversation, and we, I mentioned earlier, like, a, a change in perspective doesn't count. And so if you are in, in medieval England and you travel to medieval Japan, that's not an isekai. If you're on Earth and you go into space, that's not an isekai. One that uh, does come to mind as a possibility is perhaps Dante's Inferno. I can't really remember how the, the setup of Dante's Inferno goes, but if you can consider hell and exploring hell a completely different world, maybe. I would, I would, I, I don't know how Dante goes to Inferno, but, because I've never read it, but I do like the idea that hell is another world, and that one way to get there is trek coon <laughs> There's also some, uh, I, I think the Land of the Fae is a great opportunity to find some, but I don't know those myths too well. Yeah, uh, again, like, I wish I was paying better attention on Tuesday, because Kimmy was talking about how uh, a lot of early Irish myth uh is uh takes a look at like early burial mounds and saying whoa this is other people's burial mounds but this seems like cool and and otherworldly and and a lot of the myths start there today is september 3rd 2022 and i found some cool comics on kickstarter and i want to talk about them because they're cool now it's autumn is coming uh this set is not super spooky but i'll tell you I'm starting to see the spooky stuff out there. The spooky stuff is on its way. And I think I think we're going to see it in, in you know in, in the weeks to come an increase. I I think I have yeah, I have at least one spooky one this week. We're going to see we're going to get ready for for spooktember. <laughs> spooktember and spooktober are coming and we're going to see a lot of of scary horror dread-filled comics but not quite yet and so today we're going to start with a home without by zan christensen this is all right buckle up for a bit of emotion here quote stop that's enough shouts rosemary garrison as she and her husband mitch come to blows with one another in a wrecked living room in a quaint southern home in the midst of a quarrel their two daughters attempt a phone call the, po the local police as the fight escalates, Rosemary's youngest child, River, emerges disheveled from a far bedroom. Unknowingly, he enters the forever storm at the heart of a home without. With an affinity for art, a burgeoning gay sexuality, and a love for Cindy Lauper tunes, River's gentle and imagi imaginative nature strikes an early death blow to any prospect of emotional kinship with his father. As the Garrison household progresses through the 1980s, River, his siblings, and mother endure both fiery hardship, and short-lived moments of happiness under the rule of Mitch. So, this is some pretty real autobiographical story of life here. Reminds me a lot of Fun Home by Alison Bechdel. Uh, Kyle, did you ever read that one? I did. Yeah. So, both Kyle and I are huge fans of using art, particularly comics, to work through some tough shit that you've been through in your life and so this seems poignant just launched we're looking for 20k that's a pretty big goal can do it if we get the word out there only 1400 so far definitely needs a lot a lot a lot of attention but this seems like an important one and i think this could actually mean a lot to people so let's see if we can get some get the word out on that mm -hmm. next up 
by Brandon D. Bell and crew. As always, I do my best with everyone's names. If I mess it up, please let me know and I'll correct it next week. This is The Family Bonds. I am not sure if these characters have superpowers or not, based on the description. So I'll read this and, uh, and let me know what you think, based on the, on the Kickstarter description. Quote, Where drama, mystery, and secrets can separate, family bonds us together. Join the family bonds as they travel the world using their newly acquired powers for good while also trying to unravel their mysterious origins. So that makes me think superpowers. But as we go on here, I'm not totally sure because it also seems like they're just financial powers. All right, gotta keep reading here. Living a life of service, the husband and wife duo Frederick and Alexander Bonds have dedicated their lives to fulfilling this creed. For uh, this, this pair, there isn't anything better, except that is the happiness of their three children. Frederick and Alexandria, my bad, uh, knew from the moment they got married they wanted their children to have a hands-on global education. For over the past 10 years, the Bonds family, uh, twins, the, the twin teens, and Nadia and Aiden, and their youngest, Gabe and Gabe's pet monkey, Chi-Chi, have been stationed throughout the world uh, in some of the uh, most under, underdeveloped corners of the globe. From building schools in Bolivia to helping entrepreneurs establish thriving businesses in the Dominican Republic, they have assisted those in need to improve their quality of life. The twins are entering high school, and after much pleading, Frederick and Alexandria have agreed to head back to the U.S. so that their oldest two may live, as they call it, a normal life. The younger brother, Gabe, cannot understand why the twins would want to live in the same city, going to the same school with the same people day after day. This is where our story begins. So it's, it's this interesting story about this globe-trotting family setting down roots, which is really cool. But that intro paragraph makes me say, do they, do they have superpowers too? I'm not totally sure, but I kind of want to find out. Uh, let's see. Written by Brandon D. Bell, art by Gabrielle Nisi, and color by Nimesh. Uh, we're at, oh, we're a third of the way there already. That's great. So only looking for... Uh, 1,500. We've got 500 so, uh, so far. Really, really good start. Not a difficult goal to make. I hope that one gets printed. I need to know more. <laughs> I want to know more. <laughs> Let's see. Next up. All right, here's, here's, our here's our start of Spooptember. This one is called What We Did When the World Ended by Muhammad S. Sayed and crew. A vengeful, long-forgotten goddess unleashes monsters upon the world, ushering in a decades-long culling of humankind. Even when faced with near extinction, it's not the monsters who truly hurt us, but other people. What we did when the world ended is focused on careful character-driven stories that examine what people are capable of at their lowest and most desperate times. The human condition collides with supernatural horror to create a unique and compelling project among the genre. Written by Muhammad S. Sayed, ink by Frederica Manson, color by Marta Gasparoni, and edited by Marcus McNeil. I want to know what happened. What we did when the <laughs> I want to know what <laughs> we did when the world ended. Oh, this is lovely art. This is what happens when you get a good team together. I love it. Oh, this is really really cool. It's very professional looking. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We're past a third. So uh, looking for twenty five hundred. Very reachable goal. Uh, already got one thousand. Good, good, good start. Good, good, good start. Excellent. 29 backers already. Okay, so that's well on its way. Give it a little bit more love. Let's get it there. Now, the last one, a little bit different from what we normally show. So it's not actually a comic. It's a uh, graphic light novel, but it was too cool of an idea to, to not include. So this is Bearcat Wright and the Kayfabe Chronicles. Kyle, do you know, do you know about Kayfabe? 
You have described it to me before. Kayfabe is a wrestling term. It refers to the story that goes on in in the pro wrestling ring, uh, the the heroes and villains and ongoing plot. And particularly, it refers to pretending that it's real for the show. So when this bad guy gets a magical mask or, you know, what have you, you pretend for the sake of of you're at you're at a real wrestling. They're, 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 there's large men are flipping and landing on each other. They are they are definitely beating each other up. And but, you know, they're 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 selling it. They're making it bigger and and cooler than it actually is. It's a spectacle. And so kayfabe refers to leaning into the bit, be, pretending that the, the 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 drama side of it, the story start, part of it is real so you can enjoy it. This is the story of Edward Bearcat Wright, who, if I'm reading this correctly, is the uh, is the author's grandfather, Malachi Shabazz. So the description goes, Bearcat Wright and the Kayfabe Chronicles is a story about a young man and woman's partnership and a world that pulls them apart. Bearcat and Robin have been performing together in uh, in an illegal fighting circuit for years. Uh, but they were always looking for a way out. However, they knew they could never truly escape while Toon, the organizer of the circuit, was still alive. He was a mastermind, always one step ahead of them. They found their opportunity as Bearcat had been gaining popularity as a, ba- as a babyface. People love watching him wi- fight and win. Robin saw a chance to use this to their advantage. She convinced Bearcat that they would finally be free if they could take down Toon. The plan worked better than either of them could have imagined. They managed to outsmart Toon and finally get away from him. However, the cost was high. So we got some pictures about the actual Bearcat. Very large man, and, like, a fellow that's getting into the pro wrestling scene as a, as a black man in a, in a largely, like, white-dominated everything. This is a story I want to know more about. This is a story I want to learn more about. This is cool. This is real, real, real cool. Uh, so again, it's not a comic. It's a graphic, uh, a graphic light novel, but definitely fits in with what we're do- what, we're, what we like to put a spotlight on around here. Uh, looking for nine thousand. That's definitely what you're worth for sure. Uh, about twenty six hundred so far from twenty two backers. That's actually a really that's a lot from only twenty two folks. So that is a pretty good sign. Would love to see it a little bit more further on in this early stage. So get on it. Get spread some word about that. So that's the comics I found this week. Kyle, where can people find links to these things? There will be links in the show notes as well as on your Twitter account. Which is at Ironoki, and I'll be sending links to these all next week. And we're back. Kyle, what are you working on tonight? Uh, I'm working on more pages of OTL. I was sort of, it was between this and some commissions I'm working on. I'll be honest, I'm really tired, and uh, this just seemed more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we are completely, as I mentioned earlier, we are completely off kilter and doing our best. I think we're doing all right, all things considered. Uh, I am taking a break from comic pages. I'm going to spend this weekend, because I've got a long weekend this weekend, uh, setting up finally finally kyle's been nagging me about this for a while and he's right i should have i should have been lit doing this tweeting out some of my art yep and i've been making art for a long time i've got a long backlog of cool shit i could share and and i just i've always felt like no i can only tweet good stuff and new stuff and kyle's like no 
don't tweet at all. Put it out there. And I've got new new people have never seen anything that I do because I mainly tweet about the about this. So I'm going to put a a tweet schedule together. I'm going to be putting out. Uh, I'm actually going to start tweeting some a bunch of the post its that we draw around here. Uh, and, and that I draw for other, other streamers. I'm going to be posting page, old pages of, of the Indies and Overjoyed, my two comics that already exist. And I will be putting out new pages of Wild Azalea as the current project that I've been working on. But while I gear up for that, I've been taking a break from making comic pages and just sketchbook. I'm only, uh, one, two, three, three pages from finishing this sketchbook. I'm just, I'm just taking my pose, my, my Japanese pose books and, and just, just playing, just like practicing poses and, and just filling pages really. Uh, cause I want to finish this sketchbook and start a new one and also take a big break from comics cause they're a lot of work. Yeah. I finished a sketchbook recently and, uh, I'm trying to work through old sketchbooks that I didn't care for too much and fill them up just to save money. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. What else can we talk about? Hey, it's Twitch. Exists. Yeah. There's actually a couple things we could talk about Twitch. Uh, we went to a meetup. Oh, uh, Squirrel Horde says, speaking of the indies, I love the stickers. Yay! Clear is a lot of fun. I was, I, I have a stack of those. I don't think I'll ever get clear stickers again. I'll probably just get die cut stickers, but those are really cool. I think the, the main reason I wouldn't get those again is because they're all the way clear and there's no, like, white backing on the art part, so you can only really mm -hmm. put them on, like, a light surface. But that said, they're still pretty cool, though. <laughs> uh, and I've got a ton of them to, to uh, like, like stick in people's books, so. Yeah, so... We went to a meetup for Twitch broadcasters, uh, particularly local. The group is called, I've got it right here. Seattle Online uh, Broadcast Association, I think. The SBA. They seem to be, I don't think they're official like meetup.com meetup group, but they seem to be a meetup group. And I want to go to more of their events because that seemed really cool. I've been lurking on their Discord for a while, which is how I found out about it. Oh, oh, I should probably join that. I can, uh, I can set you up in fact i forgot that i was lurking on their discord until like i was thinking oh, how did i find that event <laughs> i just had to run some calculations before oh yeah so that event was a lot of fun and one of the things that i kind of blew my mind was that uh, a bunch of uh, of execs of twitch execs were there um i forget all their names uh, there's a fellow that's in charge of monetization, a lady that's in charge of security and uh, and safety, and the uh, vice president of of uh, Twitch in general. And we got to do a bit of a and a with them and listen to them talk. And I have some thoughts about what they had to talk about. I <laughs> know uh, you tuned it out for the most part, but where do we want to start? Actually, there is one other thing that I want to mention while I'm while I'm setting up talk about Twitch. What month is it? Oh, right. Uh, so it's September, which means it is uh, for Twitch September, uh, which is a name I don't think they thought all the way through. Uh, but point is, if you haven't subscribed to my channel or to his channel yet, um, we get a bigger cut of it. And I think it's also cheaper for you uh, for this particular month. So just let you know. The the deal changes year to year, and some of my friends have been have been complaining about it a little bit, but that's fine because I still think uh you should uh, so uh yeah 
Yeah, do, do, do the subs, do the, uh, and I don't know, like, what's, uh, what is the deal? What is the deal? What is the deal? Is it like, I think it's like 20% off, and, and you get, you, like, you, if, if someone subscribed to your channel right now by using the subscription button that you can push when you watch us on twitch.tv slash Newbridge or twitch.tv slash Ironoki. Yep, I, I think they're 30% off. Ah! As far as, I don't know if the revenue split is different this year or not. I'm just taking a look at it while I can. I think uh, a topic we need to add to the list is being comfortable about shilling yourself. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I see a lot of people struggle with it. I think we could have a good conversation about that. Oh, I haven't found the revenue split, but it does turn out that 59% of my viewers also watch you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's odd. That, what, a, what a large percentage. That's, that's what a coincidence. How about that? That's so fascinating. Okay, so she'll complete. Um, how, what did you think of the event? Um, I thought it was fun uh, and has potential, but mostly as a meet other people um, thing rather than a. Uh, I I I personally give absolutely zero shits what a exec of any company ever says. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, like, what, what kind of networking did you get done? I talked to a couple of different streamers. I talked to someone in particular who was uh, making a uh, tool that might be useful for us. Um, like, honestly, I, I didn't even think of it as networking as much as, hey, I, I can talk to some people that I have something in common with. Um, and I did do a whole lot of it, but I did do some of it. And that's good for me as someone who doesn't get out much. Yeah, similar in that, like, the main thing that, because my secret as a somewhat, like, terrified introvert with lots of social practice my main trick is uh to start a conversation with someone new is get them to talk about themselves and an event like this is perfect because like oh there's something we all have in common everyone streams so i can just say oh hey what's up what do you stream and that worked great that worked super great i had to do very little work other than get get brave and go talk to person and then ask them that question and the i had some great conversations with people um I met a person that goes to arcades, sets up a camera, and uses the arcade's Wi-Fi to stream DDR. That's cool. Uh, I talked to a couple of um, of uh, a medium and a large uh, game streamer. Uh, got them to just you know just listen to what they what they were like and what they what they like to stream. Um, boy, is there some games out there that I haven't even ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And I met a bunch of folks that are just because this was during uh, the the uh, the Penny Arcade Expo, aka PAX here in Seattle. Uh, so this is offsite. We were I, I, I don't neither of us got tickets to PAX. I don't have time, but we did we did go and check this out. And um, and so a few people were just I hung out with some guys that were just uh, like at PAX and said, oh, hey, let's go hang out with the streamers because we watch a bunch of streams. And so that was, uh, those were, those guys were a lot of fun. And um, interestingly, like I, I told them about this, about how to draw without dying. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea because they, 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 uh, they triggered my trap card, which is, uh, oh, I can't draw. <gasps> <laughs> so, uh, so that made me feel good about, about this particular project. I think, I think this is, this is fun. I like this. I think people might like it too. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then the, uh, the organizer is actually uh, a fairly high up person at uh, at Twitch and managed to convince a few of the executives to come out and do a Q&A. And this is where the conversation starts. <laughs> Let me just 
top off my my cup of tea here. So, a lot of my friends on Twitch, other folks that I watch stream, folks that are very responsive to their chat, people that I network with here, and and just just folks that I've become familiar with because this since COVID, like this is the main way I meet new people. Honestly, a lot of my friends have some opinions on ads. They're bad. They're not great. A lot of the ads that I think people get when they're tuning in to uh, us have been fast food and large media-making tool companies <laughs> um, who are not paying me enough for me to say their names right now. Mm -hmm. I think most of our community has issue with both of those companies. <laughs> Uh, Shani Zubat saying, freaking hate Twitch ads in particular. Actually, uh, hey, if hey guys, do you hate ads? Talk, chat at us about it. I'm gonna, yeah. Um, Gorhard saying, I don't mind ads in general, but the media making and crypto ads are awful. Yeah, only feed, feed me, they only feed me ads for really shitty companies. Yes. So, part of the talk, part of the QA, uh, was with, um, I don't remember the guy's last name, but his nickname in the company is Money Mike because he is in charge of monetization. And he did a nice little uh, proselytization speech about how um, we... Okay, let's see how they, how they worded it. They feel as if the animosity towards ads is their failing to uh, explain to the community why ads are good. And, and they feel like the solution is that they need to engage streamers and push how good ads are for, quote, everyone, unquote. And by everyone, they mean themselves and the people that stream on their platform. So I'm going to devil's advocate that one particular metric that they mentioned is, if nothing else, accurate. Ads are a very stable source of income. Big companies come and advertise at a consistent rate, and that produces consistent income. And they made the argument that for, uh, for streamers, that would, me, that would translate to uh, consistent income for them. Let's break that apart a little bit. The people that benefit from ads are incredibly huge streamers, right? folks that 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 have thousands of viewers and stream consistently as a career yeah they're gonna get consistent money from running an ad and they're and yeah part of this conversation was really pushing yo push that run ad button push it more push it so that your viewers can can see ads and and you can get more um you can get more revenue hey kyle yes we got about between two of us together right now, like on, on your stream and my stream, because we're streaming together, I'd say I, I, I'm not going to look at the number, but probably about 10, 15 people right now. Is that not right? You think? Something like that. Average. Someone pointed out, this is actually on Doig Swift's stream. Someone pointed out that like, if you've got about 10 people regularly, you're in like the top 10% of Twitch streamers. We're doing actually kind of okay, dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you've got a uh, a hundred viewers you're in the top three percent it's um uh, this is this is um a little bit colloquial i haven't been able to track down the graph that this person was referring to i kind of want to get those exact numbers 
So even among like like most of the people I know with like a hundred viewers are not doing this. They're still affiliate. They're not like you know they're not career. Uh, I think like of the people I actually have conversations with, probably the biggest is Lultanami, who's like on the cusp of of partner right now with like like around two hundred viewers. Uh, she was on the front page, so she got up to about uh, two thousand uh, this past week. And then she just had like a, a big promotional event where she was hanging out with. Uh, it's called the Takeover, and like her and a bunch of VTubers played um, Fall Guys, uh, and and it was a whole big like promoted event. Um, so she's not even partner yet. She's working on partner, and so she's in the two hundred to two thousand viewer range. So partner means you can do this for a job. You could get paid a living wage. If you're not partner, you're not. You, you, heads aren't that much for you. <laughs> So, yeah, go ahead. This is actually something I think you and I disagree on a lot. Because at where I'm at in my career, one consistent dollar every month does actually make a big difference. This is a good point. This is a good point. This isn't to say I like ads, but it is money that is not coming directly out of my audience's pockets that does help support the thing. Mm -hmm. and it's not a lot but it matters it, it is more valuable because it's not coming from my audience it's coming from some bullshit company i don't give a shit about i think that's an incredibly good point and and it makes me want to like edit what i'm saying in that not never mind the size of your audience or the size of you as a streamer the the person that actually is affected by this is the person that's making a living off of it period of whatever size you are whatever piece of your whole like like content creator pie is streaming mm -hmm. uh if it is part of your your content creator pie then yes ads do matter for you i actually got to talk to uh the vp guy after the q a i just actually like bumped into him in at the party and i was like oh hey what's up i actually my main the main thing i wanted to talk to him about was like oh hey thanks for coming out here because i would would not be talking to you in any other way and um yeah, we had about a five minute chat, not very, just kind of in passing and got to speak my mind a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and um, and pointed out that like the um, we're on the long tail from their point of view. And a lot of like what they're pushing doesn't speak to us. They are speaking to the large streamers, but I managed, I managed to get the message in there that like, yeah, us pushing the like everyone on the long tail pushing the ad button means way more for the company than it does for the the streamers on the long tail and so that's like not saying that that's right or wrong or bad or good but like if you're trying to consider like what your message is to streamers then you need to calibrate because <laughs> there are way more streamers on the long tail than there are the big ones that that produce like big income from by themselves. Mm -hmm. Shiny Zubats did bring up uh, that being said, I've noticed a huge uptick in ads on all the streamers I watch lately. Um, Twitch did recently make a change to its ad revenue split uh, where if you are running a certain number of ads, you get uh, paid a bigger percentage of the ad revenue. Um, so a lot of not only do I think I, I think it auto uh, defaulted to that new split for people because we've always had control over roughly how many ads are shown. We don't have control over what ads are shown. 
but like the amount of them and that was brought up we we do and so it did i think change everyone's default setting to what pays the bigger uptick but uh even if it didn't i bet a lot of streamers who are affiliate did change it to match to get just that extra little bit of uh percentage out of the the pie I, I gotta be honest, I need to check my settings because I don't know what my ad settings are right now. I would actually like to go less for my side. I currently have mine set at the default. I'm not too worried about it, but like I said, I, every every cent that isn't coming out of the pockets of my audience is import, an important cent. <laughs> that is a really important point. So another topic that they that they started on I, I kind of really liked this topic. I think it's it's a fair objective point. Discoverability and and like getting your channel seen by more people. Uh, I think being seen is a topic that you and I could take on sometime because it's hard. Um, and this leans into whatever your relationship with the algorithm is, uh, which I know you have a lot of interesting thoughts on. They said something that I found really interesting, which was that uh, part of the nature of Twitch is that uh, on, on the one hand, it's actually not great for discoverability, but it is great for retention because fundamentally you have a stage. That was their word. Like you have your stage to, to, to broadcast on. And they compared it to TikTok, where you are much more discoverable because you're flying through this content created by lots and lots of people. And so you're seeing lots and lots of people all the time. But you don't have, like, the core of it. You don't have, like, the, the you know, this, okay, did you like my thing especially? Come back to my place. And again... This is the corporate line, and this is definitely them like talking about how great they are. So take it with a grain of salt. But I think that's an interesting point that can be discussed, which is that Twitch is a place where you've got your home base, and there are pros and cons to that. Um, I definitely look at Twitch less as a like uh, another difference between you and me. I look at it less as a networking tool and more as just a a place to hang out with my audience. I found other places. Yeah, like I like the idea of rating, but it's honestly like it doesn't really work out for me. It kind of feels like I it, it feels like almost a, a socially necessary after I finish my co uh, my concert, I need to get off of stage and immediately run over next door to the other concert across the. Oh, that's an interesting way to say it. Uh, yeah. And I, I after I'm done performing, I, I simply need to chill. <laughs> so. This is, again, a thing that I am completely comfortable, like, you and I having opposite opinions on. Because uh, the reason why Twitch has clicked for me is because it's my, my main, like, post-COVID friend-making system. And so the way that you socialize, the way that you interact with other streamers, and, and the way that you, like, like connect... Like, it just made complete sense to my brain. And so uh, having people, like, really early on come in and be like, oh, hi, I would like to socialize with you, please. I am also a streamer, and I do this, and I'm very interested that you do that. 
and then learning the raid culture and the and the oh hey I'm I'm on your stream you're on my stream like way of networking completely clicked with my brain and I legitimately love doing it. And so to liken it to a concert, I feel like my energy output it, it does take a lot of energy to perform, right? But if were this a concert, you have also the opening act and you have the main the the main show and then you know and then imagine yourself kind of like in the middle of it right so oh hey thanks for performing opening act let's do our thing da, 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 da. all right you guys ready for the main act da, 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 da. and you kind of like do a little bit of of like of what came in and a little bit of what's going out uh you know as as a middle of the of the road thing and and just kind of seed that goodwill now for me it's less of a performance <laughs> i'm honestly just winging it because this is just kind of like this is actually very relaxing and recharging for me it's weird how many times i've started stream in a bad mood and ended it in a good mood because i actually had fun hanging out with everyone on our side chit-chatting everyone that came into chat to, to chime in and say hi it like it does give me energy whereas i think in your case it seems to take energy away mm-hmm and that's not to say that I'm not also putting energy into it. It does take a lot of energy to schedule and organize and get out here. Uh, but once I'm in it, I'm just it, it, it's a it's a it's a state of flow for me, honestly. Moving back to like the 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 point is is more to your point, which is that there are tools here to network and to share audiences and to and to like like discover other people. It's much more active. It takes much more energy and and like I, I love i love setting up raids for you uh, on on bats and bones our show on sundays because i know that you don't have the energy to look for it but and i love oh hey who, who else is out there let me see if i can find someone new while i'm offline and then and then recommend that for for your community to say oh yeah let's go do that so so i like setting it up in a way for that for you because i know it, it's taxing on you that you could just push the button and I also love doing that for you because when I'm streaming, I don't have the opportunity to go dig for someone new. So usually when I'm streaming and I raid someone, it's usually someone that I'm somewhat familiar with, someone that I've hung out with a little bit before. So I'll tend to raid the same people, which is pros and cons to that. But, you know, that 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 discovery that, oh, let me find someone new to raid takes a little bit of research it takes a little bit of oh let me make sure that this person's going to be like a good vibe let me make sure i'm going to have fun on their stream and so it's it's not as quite as you know push button and go you know when i'm in the driver's seat all this to say like yeah i like it it works for me i've made friends and had fun and and connected with people this way yeah it takes some energy though <laughs> <laughs> and 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 like i i like that you your your shift in perception whereas i think of it as opening act and mainline show you think of it as leave the club go to another club and i think both of those analogies are correct in from different points of view <laughs> yeah it's definitely like I, i'm glad i'm glad it exists and i definitely like i i i i like using raids almost as a what's next on the broadcast like what comes next on the channel but when yeah, it comes yeah. to actually like interacting in another person's chat by the time i get there i'm usually toast yeah 
And so it's hard for me to do that. And I, I always get worried I, I'm coming off as rude because I, I, I dip as soon as I can. <laughs> I will say that not everyone, I think like different people have different reactions to raids. And we don't get raided that much, so I don't honestly know what my, like, I haven't really had a chance to establish what my reaction to raids are. But, um, there is a commonality of, oh, uh, number one, people want, if you're artist-artist specifically, people want to know what you worked on. Which, again, is effort. It takes energy to get, you know, that. So they're like, oh, hey, art tax, you know, tell me, show us what you were working on, because they want to support you because you came and raided them. And so, I love that, that particular culture. But then... There's also a thing that that like I can usually count on, which is that like after the raid, you the streamer are probably gonna dip out because yeah, oh do you need do you need food? Do you need drinks? Do you need rest? Do you need a nap? Go like most I'd say about about sixty percent of uh, folks that either I raid or that I see um, that you know I'm part of a raid on when the artist comes to an artist uh, they'll be like. Oh, hey, thanks for rating, blah, 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 art tax, blah, blah, blah. Do you need to get out of here? Bye. Yo, go take care of yourself. And so, like, that is definitely, like, an understood part of, it, particularly artist-to-artist raids. And I don't know what it's like in the gaming side. I don't go there much. Um, and so, like, that is there. And that culture is there, you know, uh, if if you need to to raid and dip. Because, you know, your raid is still appreciated. <laughs> uh, oh, you brought, you brought five people over. You brought ten people over. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. You know, and... And then you have the time that, like, uh, I rated Laltanami with three people, and, like, and she was on the main page and had 2,000. It didn't even send out the message that I had rated her, which makes complete sense. It makes complete sense that, like, oh, no, I was a teeny tiny thing in, you know, just diving into the crowd, that it, it didn't, it didn't, like, the algorithm said, no, you are, you are too small to count. And I think that made a lot of sense. And, 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 and Tina still saw that I was there and we said hi. So, uh, like, like, no, no, no hard feelings for that. But, like, it, there's stuff there. There's stuff there that helps make it happen. And, but still, I completely understand how pushing that button is fucking tiring. <laughs> it was definitely, like, it was something I was trying to train myself out of for a long time. Like, I was hoping that just doing it a lot would, it would get easier because honestly that's been the case of streaming uh is like it, it was a lot harder than it is now but not the right thing it's it's remained about exactly as exhausting as it was day one <laughs> that's fair um so i mean one of the things we can do is i mean like not not if if you want help with it um i i you know when i'm part of your raid i just do my thing and so if you need to like raid and raid and raid and bail, I can't think of a, a quick um rhyme for that. Raid and fade. Oh, I love that. Raid and fade. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's the one. That's the one. Raid and fade. Uh <laughs> Oh, I love that a lot. Oh, that's perfect. Uh okay, so if you need to if you need to raid and fade, uh so certainly I'll I'll cover for you and and like because I mean I'll do like Art tax is nice if you can if you can swing it, but if you need to if you need to like art tax and then bail, uh, I got your back and I I like certain members of our community you know you guys who are awesome we they got your back too so you can raid and fade and then we'll just we'll just cover the the socializing and then and actually that happens a lot too uh, uh Doig Swift Doig Swift always raids they always do a vote on the raid and they've got their handful of people that that they that they raid like commonly. They will always raid and fade because, like, they stream in their morning mm -hmm. and then they go straight to work. 
So they are there for two messages and gone. And people are always very thankful. Uh, and their community is very vibrant and it's like, you know, get, gets engaged with, uh, with the person that they raided. And uh, a lot of the regular ones are just like, oh, yeah, they vote on the raids. You guys voted to come here. That's great. You know, those little things. Um, so I, I guess all I'm really saying is I understand. And don't, and like if you can if I can help you worry about it less then I'm here for you, because, uh, yeah, raid and fade is just fine. <laughs> yeah. I think our I appreciate that. And I think our general like setup works. It's just like I I I I felt confident enough in my stance on it to finally voice exactly how I felt about it, if that makes sense. That's oh absolutely. Absolutely. Um I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling like we got our we got our work in. Yeah. We're uh, a little short on time, started a little late, but I think this is enough for the, the podcast. And frankly, I am toast absolutely toast yeah. yeah uh all right i don't know how i'm gonna do the closing bit right here but i was just like hey you want to draw a story about someone going to another world and just draw it just do it just draw it you probably won't die <laughs>